Hey there, this is Bo James, and on behalf of the Wix Church of the Nazarene, I just want to say thank you for joining us. I believe there is something for you in this message, and I pray that it will help you grow your faith. Enjoy. Alright, so my best part of my week, these kids will give me pictures, and this is hanging outside my office, was little Jake's picture. Um, and Jake is notorious for my ninja pictures, usually. Usually I have a lot of ninja fighters. We'll call them Peters, right? Yeah. But Jake, last week, he actually drew this stage. The detail is what just amazed me. But adults, he put you to shame because he, he took sermon notes. It amazes me. I know we miss some things like children's church and all, but these kids just keep teaching me how much they hear. And even when I shared this, Jake, with with even my kiddos, I said, that little booger was listening to you. And I said, yeah. I said, he did a good sermon note series because he put at the top, God, I want to see lives changed. I said that, didn't I? Yes, I did. My scripture was 2 Peter 1.3. That's what's on, that's our screen. He had, remember we had the wreath, we had our trees, and he even has the little, uh, the manger sitting there. The detail over here, um, this is the piano. And then Alex asked me, he said, what's the red thing? If you'll remember, I had a red wreath, or, or my wreath up here with a red ribbon. He had caught that. What was my word for the year, church? Seek. Thank you, kids. This was our reading plan, I bet you, that I held out to you guys. Yep, he's giving me a yeah. He even has my iPad on my table. It took me a little bit longer. This is my stool, isn't it, Jake? Yep. Here's the problem, church. You, you, you guys be laying down on the job. <laughs> but he even, look at this, he even has my pews rode up. That's some detail. I can't tell you how many days this week, Jake, I just went and stood out in the hallway and stared at this little picture. Because sometimes as a pastor, I leave here and go, God, I don't even know how that went. Did it fly? (laughs) Did anybody hear it, Lord? Jake heard it. That's enough. But that was my good thing from the week that just, thank you, Jake. Thank you for hanging that on my bulletin board back there. You know, this has been one of those weeks I've tried to write four different sermons. And y'all all all went, "Uh uh-oh, this is going to be one of those weeks. No, I I said I tried to write it because I'm like you. It was a week of processing a lot of things besides what was happening in our lives, what's happening in the world around us. And my brain was everywhere in this Bible. This is one of those times when, man, I, this would make a good sermon. No, over here, no, this, man, maybe we need this. And, and I just, I almost got frustrated. I almost thought, I, I don't even know what to do. But do you remember last week I told you as we're reading through this one-year plan? I said, even on the bad days, Diane, when you don't like what you're reading, look for God in it. Look for Jesus in it. Now we're in Old Testament. How do you how do you find Jesus? Did anybody find Jesus in the book of Job with what we read? Anybody else? I'm the only one. 
Y'all want me to tell you where I found it? Job chapter 9. Now, as we're reading through Job, and, and poor, now, poor Bo, he got a little confused, and he f- missed the whole jump from Genesis to Job, and he, he just did a little extra reading this week. So, yeah. <laughs> but I kind of like that. I kind of liked, you know, because as I was reading through that Genesis, and we got bogged down in some of those names, and then it was like, oh, I kind of needed that switch over. So I kind of like how this plan is doing. So we saw Job, his world is turned upside down, inside out. Life is good all of a sudden, it's not good. He loses his children, he loses his business, his possessions, his livelihood, he loses his health, he loses who he thought are friends, he even loses his wife practically because she is against him as well and tells him to just die. He loses everything. Here's where I found Jesus. Job chapter 9, verse 32. Job is dealing with the why. He's struggling with what's happening in his life. God is not mortal like me, so I cannot argue with him or take him to trial. If only. If only there was a mediator between us. Someone who could bring us together. The mediator could make God stop beating me and I would no longer live in terror of his punishment. Then I could speak to him without fear. But I cannot do that in my own strength. You see, Job is struggling with the why. He's saying, I'm a good person. Even when his friends are saying, no, you must have done something wrong because God wouldn't have done all of this if you had been living a good lot. No, I was living a good lot. So he's, he's as human as you and I. The why. The why. And he felt distant from God. He said, man, if there was just some way, someone in between, what does a mediator do? They go back and forth between the two parties, right? We're talking kind of a, a legalist, legal terms here of a mediator is someone that sits down, um, kind of unbiased so that they can bring the two different sides together. And Job is saying, if only I had somebody that could bring me and God together. If only someone could do that. And he he says, I can't do that myself. I can't get to God. And I don't know how to bring him to me. Church, have you ever been in this place before where God just felt so distant and you didn't know how can we come together, Lord? How do we how do we meet in the middle? So I thought this was the perfect expression for this week. So who can bring us together with God? Now, Bo last week was impressed because we did one verse. Buckle up. We got a lot this week. (laughs) I told Bo, don't fall asleep back there. So over in John 14, 6. I found my mediator because Jesus told them, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. How do we close the gap? 
Jesus. Jesus is the only connection because our sins separate us from God. And we can't fix that. Just as Job said, I can't do, I can't make that right in my own strength. How do I do that? Through the blood of Christ. Jesus said, I am the only way, mind you, not a way. So if you're sitting here thinking about how to spend eternity in heaven, how to spend eternity with God, Jesus is the way. You will never be good enough. And I know some really good people. But if they don't have Jesus, they don't get to go. Well, that's not very tolerant. Oh, yes, it is, because he made a way for everyone. This is open to every person. And in Hebrews 8, verse 6, it says, But now Jesus, our high priest, remember the high priest, he would go before God for the people, right? Now Jesus, our high priest, has been given a ministry that is far superior to the old priesthood. For he is the one who mediates for us a far better covenant with God based on better promises. Jesus is the mediator. He's who we rely on. But church, we've lost our identity. We have lost our identity. Whose are you? Answer that question in your head. Whose are you? Because when I ask you who you are, sometimes you give me answers that that's not your identity. Look at, look at what John prays in John chapter 17. John 17 verses 15 through 19. And this is Jesus. He's praying to the Father in front of his disciples. He says, I'm not asking you to take them out of the world, but to keep them safe from the evil one. They do not belong to this world any more than I do. Because Jesus came, he lived in this world with us, but he belonged to the Father. And he says, they don't belong here any more than I do. Make them holy by your truth. Teach them your word which is truth. Just as you sent me into the world, I am sending them into the world. And I give myself as a holy sacrifice for them so they can be made holy by your truth. Church, we don't belong to this world, but we're in this world with a purpose of taking the message of Jesus Christ to people. Because you've heard that saying, I'm headed to heaven and I want to take as many people with me as I can. But we've forgotten that. We've forgotten our identity of who we belong to, who we serve. Our identity is a disciple of Jesus Christ. A child of the King. That is who I am. And that should be who you claim to be. That is who we are. You know, Toby Mac had a great um, meme this week. 
I might have shared this one, not sure. Be the reason someone loves Jesus, not the reason they hate Christians. That is powerful. That is powerful right there. Because that's who we are as children of the king. We should be the reason people are loving Jesus, not hating on Christians. And when we forget our identity, the second happens too often. But BJ, how do we do that? How do we, how do we live in this world but not be of this world? It's tricky, isn't it? And you have to stay on guard. It's kind of like our reading plan. You have to give yourself grace. We all will have some bad days and we all mess it up. But don't give yourself permission to just quit. Ask forgiveness and keep being who God calls us to be. So Jesus said, be in this world, but not of this world. How do you do that? Well, Paul was writing to Timothy. to find it. There we go. And as Paul was writing to Timothy, he was trying to give him instructions on the best way to worship. And this was his instructions on how to worship. First Timothy chapter two, verse one, I urge you first of all to pray for all people. Ask God to help them intercede on their behalf and give thanks for them. Pray this way for kings and all who are in authority so that you can live peaceful and quiet lives marked by godliness and dignity. This is good and pleases God, our Savior, who wants everyone to be saved and to understand the truth. For there is one God, and one mediator who can reconcile God and humanity, the man Christ Jesus. He gave his life to purchase freedom for everyone. This is the message God gave to the world at just the right time. And I have been chosen as a preacher and apostle to teach the Gentiles this message about faith and truth. I'm not exaggerating, just telling the truth. That's the word of the Lord. You know, when he's talking about praying for the kings and the authorities, I want you to understand the cultural concept of what was going on. They were still being oppressed under the control of the Romans at the time. You know, the ones that they had hoped Jesus was going to release them from. The Romans still had them. And so the Romans actually would require people to sacrifice and bow down before the king. But the Jewish people, they served only one God. And so the Romans made the exception that if they will just pray for that king and pray for his health, they did not have to bow before the king. And so Paul is telling him, continue to pray for the kings and the authorities. Why? So that we can live peacefully among them. Why? So that we can keep telling them about Jesus Christ. Because if we're living a life that causes people to hate Christians, they're never going to listen to us about Jesus. They don't want to hear that. So Paul said, pray for everybody. 
all people. Why? Because God wants everyone in heaven. Not just the people we like. Not just the ones sitting in Nazarene churches this morning. (laughs) He wants everyone. And he made it very plain in this passage, there is one God and one mediator. You know, maybe you saw this week, the board of general superintendents um, has called for a week of prayer and fasting this week, starting tomorrow. And there's different things. They even give us, if you'll read that article, don't just click like and scroll on. Go read that article. It tells you every day what to pray for. So Monday, we're praying for spiritual renewal and revival to come to the church. Big C, by the way. Tuesday, we're praying for peace and opportunities to show Christ's love to others. Wednesday, pray for the persecuted church around the world and for our missionaries. Thursday, pray for those who are suffering as a result of the global pandemic. Friday, pray for the unity among God's people and for healing across the nations. Saturday, pray for those who have yet to come to faith in Jesus Christ. And then Sunday, pray that the Holy Spirit will fill us again so that we may be empowered to be Christ-like in this world. You know, that sounded like a really great plan to me. And then I was so sad to see online people attacking this. It wasn't enough. You didn't make it plain. You didn't address the things happening in the U.S. People, we are a global church. And I'm not just talking Church of the Nazarene. I'm talking Big C Church. God's church is global. I've heard so many false things this week. I've heard statements, if I'm a good pastor, I have to make a certain statement today. I've heard people say, if this country is going to return to God, we need a certain leader. No, no, that's wrong, because if this country is going to return to God, then we've got to achieve justice. No, no. If this happens, then that. If this happens, then that. If this happens, then God. When did we get to start telling God how the plan happens? Because he's already told us how it happens. Be in this world, but not of this world. And tell people about Jesus. You know, there was a story, man, spades are going to like this. Y'all are duck hunters. There's a story of uh, some duck hunters in Georgia. And they're out in the field and they're hunting there. And and, and in the distance, they begin to see smoke rise. So they begin to examine, you know, what's going on and and try to figure out where it's coming from. And unfortunately, they begin to realize that it's a, wildfire, brush fire in the field coming at them fast and furious. And they realized really quick, man, we're not going to outrun this thing. We can't get out of here. You know what they did? They reached in. (laughs) I thought of Andy. I need to get Andy some fire starter. Andy tried to start a fire with uh, Flint the other day. I don't think he was successful. But they they reached in their backpacks and got some of their uh, fire 
some matches or whatever they had, and they set fire around them to burn around them. Because here's how this happens. Fire cannot burn where fire has already been. And those duck hunters survived that fire because the fire could not get to them. They burned a big enough place around them for it to pass around them. Now, they still had to wait it out, and I bet that still was scary. And I bet it was still intense because heat radiating off of fire can be intense. But fire cannot burn where fire has already been. This week I looked around on the television, on social media, and I saw a fire. I'm not sure we can outrun. I'm not sure what the tomorrows look like. But I serve a God who already knows. But fire cannot burn where fire has already been. So the only way to survive the fire we see, you better have Jesus Christ in your heart and let him burn the Pentecostal fire through your veins. Do you understand me, church? That's the only way we come out of this world intact with Jesus Christ. It's not a political leader. It's not a political cause. Even though these can be great things, but we better refocus our eyes. Because when the trumpets call, it's only going to be Jesus Christ that causes us to survive. But BJ, you don't understand what we're facing. Yeah, I do. I do. Because you know what? We have brothers and sisters in Christ around the world that already face it. And I know there could be persecution. And I know there could be restrictions. My question to you, do you have Jesus Christ and can you withstand it? Or is the fire going to come and overtake you? You see, my job, what God called me to do, is to tell you how to burn that path around you. And that's Jesus Christ. His blood alone is what will save. He is our hope. So Job said it best, I can't do it in my strength. Lord, this country cannot do it in our strength. And if we want to see revival in America, it starts with you and me on our knees. It starts with our own repentance because you know what? We've all been guilty. We've all said, well, that side did this. Well, this side did that. And those people, did you see? I don't even know why they're looking at us because look at them. We got to stop. And we need to hit our knees and say, God, I'm sorry because those people, you created them just like me. And you love them just like me. And like Timothy, we see in the book of Timothy, Paul tells us, pray for everybody. Pray for all people. Ask God to help them. Intercede on their behalf. Give thanks for them. You're like, I can't do that. Not by your strength. But by the blood of Jesus, you can. By the Holy Spirit that lives inside of you, you can. And I truly believe that when the church grabs this, It's going to change everything. 
it's going to change everything. Stand with me, church. And I say stand. If you're able, I know not everybody's able to, but if you're able, I think today's the day to hit your knees at your pew, which is your altar today. I think today is the day that we say, God, (laughs) we have been distracted. Dear Heavenly Father, I just call on your name today. Forgive me, Lord. Forgive me, Lord, that I have let too much anger in my own heart. God, forgive this country that we have been divided. And God, the church is on both sides of this. So it divides the church. Forgive us, because that's not what you died for, Jesus. You died for us to find salvation in you and you alone. God, forgive us because you warned us when your people cried out wanting a king. You warned them and said, it's me you need to look at as your king. But you gave it to them. And we've seen in history, Lord, kingdoms came and kingdoms fell. There was good kings and there was bad kings. There was years of blessing. There were years of oppression. But God, you were in all of it. And the whole time, you were trying to draw people back to you. As I read through the Old Testament, I see Jesus as the mediator. God, we call on that today. Forgive us for our sins. And God, we pray for those that we think of as our enemy. God, may you also be working in their heart as well. God, may you open avenues and paths for conversations in this country that bring healing, that bring us back to you. And God, may it start here with each of us as we burn these fires around us so that the things that happen of this world will pass us by, Lord. May we use you as that cover. But God, as we leave here today, as your people, may we be your vessels that you bring healing through. May we be your vessels, Lord, that you bring hope through. May we be your vessels, Lord, that lead others to Jesus. May people love Jesus because of what they see in our lives. That is my prayer for my people today, Lord that you just work in their hearts long after we leave today. And Lord, be with this country. Be with this country so that we can find healing. No matter what happens, Lord, you are still in control. And I believe that wholeheartedly. And I believe that that is a truth we should cling to. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Church family, have a wonderful day and go be a blessing to someone today. Hey, I hope you received exactly what you needed from that message. If you want to connect with us, you can find us on Facebook, YouTube, or you can always find us in person if you're in the area. If you'd like to support our ministries, you can find us on Tithely. 
thank you to those who support our church. I hope you will subscribe and join us on the next one. And remember, you are loved.